freaking out This is Brock and Saul. Brock Ewart is my hero. James Euler just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Saul. Hello! And the generation gap in this building between those of us that need to zoom in on the uh, on Barely the internet screens. I know, but I'm telling you, you hit like 41 no, and your uh, eyes go. Our age difference is such that um, you happen to zoom in on your computer like 150%. Yeah. Uh, and um, initially I made fun of Bump. Like I passed behind the computer because yeah. Bump sits at your spot. And I was like, wow, Bump. And he goes, no, that's that's Mike. <laughs> well, he's right. <laughs> it's it not me. It's me. Um, but uh, but uh, but the age gap is still small enough that like both of our knees hurt sometimes. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And like uh, uh, both of us, uh, you know, complain about um, – you know, prices for things. Yes. Well, and our age gap is small enough that I actually know how to zoom in and out on the computer. That's important so to that's know. So that's important to know. That's yes, really I need important. to zoom in to see better. Exactly. But I know but how to know do how it. But you know how to do it, and you probably know the step. shortcut way. I do, with a little control plus. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I'm on that. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm an intuitive genius. You are the future. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm uh, I'm an intuitive, not a genius. Okay. Just an intuitive genius of sorts we can move on daisy how are you uh we were uh, i know we were talking some uh some some reality tv here off the air do you, do you have 60 seconds of reality tv uh updates i'm not even gonna us? give 60 seconds because it's gonna be spoilers for the new season of mm. love is blind i will say though that um i try to really limit what i talk about on the show because i know it's sports radio but i have unfortunately or fortunately said just enough that once in a while we'll get texts in like stacy did you watch the new three <laughs> did you watch the new three episodes yes Okay, so that's it. That's all we're getting. I, from you I today. don't want to spoil right, it because they just came Can out. Can you give me then your reaction? You had an opportunity. We were very jealous here on the Brock and Salk show, Brock especially, that you guys are like the new hip show for all the coordinators to well, go. We were on. very young and very cool, and so were the coordinators apparently, Grub <laughs> yeah. and and Dirty. So you had a chance to meet with both of them. What was your reaction? What did uh, you think of them? So I'll start with Grub because I know you and I have talked about Dirty a little yeah. bit, and and they're. Very different people. And I remember seeing this really funny tweet from uh, from Mina Kimes about, like, what you want in an offensive and defensive coordinator and what she wanted from an offensive coordinator. Like, a defensive coordinator is someone who's just, like, crazy, like, aggressive and, and kind of, like, uh, like some screws loose. Uh, and then from an offensive coordinator, you want someone who could, like, work at NASA. And it, it's, like, a stereotype of, like, how you, you want your offense to be brilliant and innovative and your defense to just be violent. Um and uh, I wouldn't say uh, Adam Dirty comes off as, like, that kind of, like, screw loose, mm-hmm. but he is definitely, or came off as, definitely extroverted, um, really focused on teaching as a method of coaching, which I which I think is great for a team that seems like it lost its messaging along the way. Um, Ryan Grubb was really interesting. So we started getting questions in. Uh, from listeners, and and uh, and then I sent out a tweet being like, hey, if you guys have any questions, let me know. And some people sent in X's and O's questions, and shame on me. Mm. I was like, you know what? These are all such good questions, but I don't know if I'm going to ask him because it would be the same gut instinct you have as a host, which is you're like, this is the first sit-down interview. He doesn't know all of his players. He, right. You know, uh, you have um, – you're at the Seahawks facility, so you don't want to put them in a tough spot. Uh, and – 
And so I, you know, was initially sticking with just kind of like, so what's it been like for the family? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what do you like about being in Seattle? But then I realized that despite sounding kind of reserved and and a little more uh, muted and soft-spoken, I get the the impression from our interview with Ryan Grubb that he would talk about anything. Like him and Bump started talking about mesh concepts and like all these kind of like a big X's and O's conversation. And I realized like, oh, this guy just would sit here for four hours and talk about offense. He talked about when he uh, got the got the job, uh, you know, kind of hanging up the phone and like writing, starting to already write plays on the back of like things. Like it's just, just like, oh, here are the guys and here's how I want to put them in a position to succeed. Yeah, like immediately cool. jumping into it. It was very cool. It's it's I liked it. It does seem like they're going to be in good hands. And despite a lot of the inexperience, it seems like as these guys grow into it, They've got some uh, some 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 pretty intriguing futures ahead of them. Well, you guys did a great job. The interviews uh, with both of them were awesome, uh, even coming off of your McDonald interview as well. So let me fast forward then as, as we've sort of started to dig into our draft conversation uh-huh. a little bit more. We talked to Daniel Jeremiah today. and do, do you, He is great. Where, where are you on, on the number 16 pick, whether they take it or trade it back or wherever? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a, a position in mind? Do you think a quarterback is – are you ready for a quarterback? I wouldn't be mad at a quarterback. I think uh, you know, we uh, had an interesting conversation yesterday about whether or not Drew Locke would even be available. I feel mm. like we all talk about like, oh, and if nothing else, you can go with Drew. Well, he's set to become an unrestricted free agent, had a, a pretty solid start for Seattle. And not only that, but I think every team around the league this year in particular learned how valuable backup quarterbacks can be. So there's going to be a market there in your competing um we had on uh, Brad Spielberger who said, you know, maybe he goes to Chicago, follows Waldron there. They could use like a veteran behind Caleb Williams, presumably the person they're drafting. Um, so I wouldn't be mad at a quarterback uh, with Gino's contract uh, situation that happened yesterday. Pushing that money into 2025 to me makes 2024 once again feel like an effective one year deal. Mm-hmm. So you're Even wondering- more so. Exactly. Yeah. So you're wondering if they're looking at it the way some people uh, have on. Well, it just seems like at some point you're going to need a quarterback. Oh, and, yeah. you know, if it's not this year, then maybe it's next year. But if it's next year, that draft doesn't look nearly as good for quarterbacks. And so, like, at some point, don't you have to start this clock and well, get going? Well, would you want J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix? Because <sighs> that's who's going to be at I'm kind of coming around on J.J. McCarthy. And I don't want to be. What? I, I, I know. This I know. Is not, this is so not your brand. <sighs> Stacy, sometimes it happens. I don't I don't mean to, but look, I'm I have to be honest. I don't, you know, look, I don't watch 900 college football games a year. I watched him play in the two playoff games and I was a little worried about his about his arm. And then I talked to, you know, Joel Klatt was mad at me and was like, he's got a great arm. Well, yeah, because you didn't watch the game. I know. I didn't. I don't. I didn't watch the <laughs> Ohio State game. My mom watched it. The Ohio State game? Yes. She watched Michigan, Ohio State? Well, I was with her. We were. All right. Uh, so okay, she watched because so of you. Yeah. But I was busy she that day. Me. I had things going on, I think. What and were you doing that day? I, you know, very busy with uh, the kids. It was a, it was a, sure. par- it was a parenting sure. thing. Uh, here's what he said about J.J. McCarthy today. He's not an easy evaluation. Um I, I kind of I used the phrase that he was an acquired taste for me because like you, I think some of my biases just from just from watching TV was like, OK, he's just kind of a member of the team here. He's not he's not driving anything with this team. I mean, it's defense and the run game and hardball and the toughness and all that. stuff. And then when you dig in and you start watching, you got to watch a lot more tape to see it just because the volume's not there that these other guys have.
Um, but you go back, you watch Ohio State games the last two years. You look at even just making plays on fourth down when you've got to have a play. He makes plays. He does, in my opinion, he has a live arm. He can, he can, he can let it rip. So if he can let it rip, and he can make plays off schedule, which he was like seventy percent passing or something when he's outside the pocket and on the run, and he can run, and he's a great leader. I mean, like, why wouldn't I be interested in him at the number 16 pick? I mean, I, I would not be upset with the pick. I do think that obviously the path forward for this team, yes, find your franchise quarterback. How many times have we had conversations, even when Russell Wilson was here, about like, how do you win a Super Bowl? Well, more often than not, you've got someone no one else has. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Tom Brady. You've got some kind of secret ingredient. Uh, but... Um, I think we can all recognize that the trenches are really where the Rams and 49ers have separated themselves from Seattle. So I always naturally turn to the offensive and defensive line. Mm -hmm. That's naturally where I look at pick number 16. Um, But I also have always envied teams that have these young quarterbacks they bring in when it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The Mm. Jets in in 2021 took Zach Wilson number two overall. That did not work out. However... um, Sometimes it does. I mean, Mahomes wasn't one, two, three overall. Yeah. Allen wasn't even one, two, three overall. They were what six and ten, I believe. I Five think and eight ten. And 10, eight and ten. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't even know. So, top yeah. ten picks. Well, but. I, I, yeah. The only way to make that happen is to acquire more picks. Then you can do both. So things. you are team get JJ McCarthy at sixteen <sighs> over. I didn't going say defense. that. I didn't say that. But, but what is okay, so? If the choice is like interior defensive lineman at sixteen. Or trade back at 16. Like, so do something else, not quarterback. Or get a quarterback. Yeah. What percentage are you leaning quarterback Yeah, that's at why I'm trading DK, because I want another first-round pick so I can do both things. It's not because I don't like DK. It's because I want to do both things. Yeah. And so, I, look, they're not going to do you that, think, I'm sure. I don't think they – well, I think that um, John Schneider would be willing to make any move. Like, he has made a number of moves, moves that have shocked us. I just don't know if you can get a first-rounder for DK. Ooh, that, Daniel Jeremiah said you definitely do. and maybe He said definitely do? Uh, he did. I don't remember the exact – I mean, he might not have used the word is he definitely. being a liar liar pants on fire Probably. now i'm saying yeah. this and then Probably. watch like they you know then the trade happens and they get a first, get like a first i sound like an idiot like, oh, yeah well, who the heck knows it's nothing. the nfl it's hard to predict stacy we can predict for sure that you guys will have a great show uh Thanks. 50 minutes from now we'll look forward to the bump and stacy show thank you thank you all right there you go a little stacy ross for you guys today a few minutes of everything you need to know and then and then and then your turn Open phone lines for a little Friday, 930. You can get mad at me. You can talk about the Mariners, or you can do both. we got a lot of different options for you guys. We'll do that in 20. Brock and Salk, CL Sports on 710, CLSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. It was a really good football conversation today with G, with Stacy, with Daniel Jeremiah, who joined us earlier today and trying to figure out what you want to do in the draft this year. On his recent one, he's gone with Byron Murphy at number 16 for the Seahawks, big defensive tackle out of Texas. Byron Murphy's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to, you'll see him at the combine. He's probably going to run in the 4 8 at 305 pounds. A little bit shorter, but he is very dynamic. He's the best defensive tackle on tape in this in this draft so um a really really disruptive strong strong kid so um that's why i kind of looked on that side of the ball they've got some young pieces i like on that defense but just continuing to add uh up front i think would be a uh, would be a nice fit yeah it's a good conversation i recommend going back and listening to all of jeremiah because 
he'll he'll take you through what you could do in the draft and also how you how to build a roster. And uh, the Seahawks had to make some moves yesterday along those lines. Geno Smith, they convert a nine point six million dollar roster bonus uh, to a signing bonus. So does that really affect them? It moves the cap around, right? It spreads that money over the course of the next two years rather than just this year. Essentially helps them this year, hurts them next year. My guess is that would make it a little bit harder for Gino to stick around past this season. Uh, John explained, John Schneider explained this yesterday to Wyman and Bob. It's actually part of the negotiation when, when we do these deals, and it's just a, it's a trigger that's in there. It's a roster bonus that's converted to signing bonus. So a roster bonus is just a cap uh like for cap purposes, you could take a roster bonus. Can, we can, and there's language in the contract, we convert to a signing bonus, and then it's spread out over the duration of the contract. Yeah, so this was already built in. They decided to uh, take advantage of it. They also completed their coaching staff yesterday. Those guys are not going to go to the combine. Instead, they'll be here working on install, installation of their new systems. <laughs> Here's the second thing you need to know. A uh, good conversation with Shannon today as well. She got us caught up for spring training in Peoria. We'll be down there all next week. Can't wait to do our week of shows uh, from Mariners camp. And she said all's pretty good. Everyone just pretty happy doing their thing, moving along. Uh, there is still, you know, some question marks about this team, as there are for most. Biggest is still going to be third base. That's what John Morosi said yesterday. There's a reason why in most projections of this lineup right now, you're seeing the third baseman probably bat ninth. And that's likely to be where that where that player is going to be unless that player's name becomes Matt Chapman at some point. Uh, or, or they make a trade during the course of the year. That's another possibility. That is a position that clearly they're not going to be able to get, at least right now, a lot of production out of. It's just the way that they're built right now. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because that is potentially a premier position and because they also have some question marks in right and left field. So, you know, your corner spots, which tend to be pretty darn, you know, power spots where you can really put bats, all four of them are question-y right now. As for first, I think that's probably the one you feel best at. And you'll feel a whole lot better if Ty France bounces back and has a real Ty France kind of year. I loved hearing him talk about adding three and a half miles an hour of bat speed. I love hearing everybody say that the body looks like it's in better shape. And if you can get back to Ty France, that would be just a phenomenal, phenomenal piece for this for the Mariners this year. Here's the third thing you need to know. Kraken played one of their best games of the season yesterday. Patterson directing for Hronik right on it. McCann, here it is, just wide. In first Everly, bullseye! That was the empty netter to finish it off late. A 5-2 win. Second goal there from Everly. McCann had one. Uh, Dunn had one. The game winner came from Justin Schultz, uh, which was the third goal of the game. Big night for Philip Grubauer, who was really good. So, yeah, that's good. It's good to see them go in the right direction and beat a very high-quality opponent like Vancouver. And the Cougs, man, how about those Cougs? 2.7 seconds to go. Arizona down by three. No timeout. Here we go. Last chance. Trying to stay perfect on their home court. Here's Boswell running out of time. Love gets it off off the front of the rim, and the Cougars hold on. The biggest win of Kyle Smith's head coaching career. It's so funny. There's nothing more anticlimactic in sports than a missed buzzer beater. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Right? Like in baseball, no Especially matter how it road, ends, like right? When... If it ends with a strikeout or a big out, it's exciting. If it ends with a home run, it's even more so. In in you know football, it's either an incredible goal line stand, which has value. I guess a missed, a missed kick. A field goal, yeah. But those are so rare, like a, a especially like a 22-yard miss or something, that it feels totally insane. A missed jump shot? It's like, yeah, you're going to miss jump shots. And you're like, and it's up! Ah, no good. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Yep. Always just sort of fades away. Anyway, great win for the Cougs. They beat number four, Arizona, in a thriller yesterday. Um, All right, that's everything you need to know. Did you, I, know, I don't think we mentioned this yet today, did you, with the Kraken game and the huge win, mm. he got overshadowed. Tanev, he got after that fight. Did you see that yeah. live? Yeah. Wow. That was a, one of the best ones. Yeah, I've they seen were not in a long uh, happy with each other a little bit uh, throughout the course of the they night. really last enjoyed night. that. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Turbo. All right. Uh, should we open up the phones? You guys ready? You want to answer some phone lines here? Let's see what the people have to say today. Our uh, our final day here before we head down to spring training. Justin and I are leaving right after the show. And then Mora's coming down tomorrow. And Brock, I think, is coming down, excuse me, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah. We're ready for that. Yep. What do you guys want to talk about? We could talk spring, spring training. We can talk about third base or any other position you're interested in with the Mariners. I'm open to a lot of Mariner conversation. I'm feeling pretty good today. It's a fun day because we're going down and I feel like a sense of hope. But I'm also not like, hey, this team is going to be unbelievable. Forget it. Like, you know, so there's, I think, a lot of Mariner conversation to be had. Guys you think are going to be especially important this year. I've named a couple um, but I'm, I'll take yours as well. 206, uh, sorry, 866-979-3776. Or, uh, yeah, we've had a ton of Seahawks conversation today about the draft, about J.J. McCarthy, about offensive and defensive line in the draft. We've talked, obviously, about D.K. Metcalf some more, what they should be doing, how their team is built, the amount of guys they've got at the top of, of their cap that that are, you know, playing safety, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I want to hear from you guys. And I know there's a group out there that wants to talk Cougar basketball or cracking hockey. So uh, this is your chance. 866-979-3776. We'll take your calls next. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Heading into a beautiful, beautiful Friday, second day of sun in a row here. Pretty darn special this time of year. It's Brock and Salk Show. We're going to take your calls, 866-979-3776. Is there a worse feeling on like a, on, in a minor way? But like when you wake up in the morning, you look at your phone and you find that it hasn't charged overnight. Oh, I thought it's you were going to say you're 10 minutes before your alarm. No, that's, no, that's no. That's thing. another thing. But like yeah. when you get, I, this is like low grade pain in the butt. When you wake up and you're like, oh no, I'm at 22%. The day's just starting. Like that's just like, I don't know. I get that, that agit of like. Everywhere I go, I have a charger. That's not a problem. All right. Well, I don't necessarily we have a charger here. We got one here. I mean, I had to go in the other room and I was able to get it done here, but <laughs> you know. Low grade. Pain well, in the but butt. it's still at only 87%. I've been charging all morning. I don't know. I'm stressed <laughs> out about it. Ajita. 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 Yeah. It means like stress and things that okay. make you worried. Ajita. Ajita. Ajita, Maura. That's what we're going to get from the callers today. 866-979-3776. Starting with Brent in South Lake Union. What's up, Brent? Good morning. Yes. Hey, I'm a University of Washington graduate, but uh, I wanted to listen to your show this morning. Uh, your competitors in spring training, that's kind of interesting. But Well, thanks, uh, Brent. But, Appreciate but, that. I want to talk about the Cougs. 
and I didn't hear a lot about the Cougs. I was tuning in to listen to the Cougs because that was a huge win for them. This would be their first conference title since uh, 1941. Yep. If they win it, uh, it's their first time they've won eight in a row since ni- 1947 in conference play. First time they've swept Arizona since I think the 2008-2009 season. The game was very, very exciting last night, and uh, I think it would be great if the Cougs won the conference. It would be cool, wouldn't it? The bird on the way out. And and they might lose their coach, and and, uh, hopefully they can win the the, uh, West Coast Conference next year, but... You know they're not going to have the revenue. The revenue. They're not going to have the budget. Yeah. You know it's really unfair what's happened to them, and it's great to see them go out like this. Well, I totally agree with every single thing you just said. Um, it it is too bad that that this will happen if it does here here in the last year of their existence in the Pac-12. But hey, uh, you know sometimes those those moments have a way of bringing a group together, and especially in basketball where the group is smaller. You're not talking about 75, 80 people. You're talking about a group of 12 to 15. And if that group can coalesce and come you know, together around a, a, a common theme of trying to do something before your program gets relegated, essentially, I love it. And it uh, it speaks to Kyle Smith. It speaks to Pat Chun and his ability to hire coaches. He's done a heck of a job since arriving at Wazoo. And yeah, you're right. It's a great story. And Brock tweeted it last night. A first Pac-12 title in the last year of the conference would be beyond storybook. Pretty darn cool. All right, that leaves the phone line open, 866-979-3776. Let me go to Tom and Brennan. What's going on, Tom? Good morning. Hey, Mike, this is Mark and Brennan, but hey. Oh, sorry about um, that. My bad. No, that's okay. Um, Hey, you and I talked earlier in the offseason about the Mariners, and, and I told you that you know, I trust Jerry. I mean, he's not done everything right, but I felt like he would come through, mm-hmm. and and I feel like he ha- I feel like he has. And I was kind of I didn't know about Justin Hollander, but I got to give that guy some credit too. Yeah. Um. I I really didn't think he was going to do the job, and he's done the job. So kudos to him. Um. For the Mariners, really, for me, this off season's been more about who not to add than who to add. I mean, they had some holes, and I like what they did getting rid of a couple of guys mm-hmm. and and plugging some plugging some new guys in and and I'm I'm okay at third base. You know, who's to say that Rojas can't be a Matt Chapman? I mean, Matt Chapman has been a great defensive third baseman, but he's on the decline. Who knows what he's going to be going forward? And so I'm willing to give those guys a chance at third base and let's see what happens. Uh and uh, again, I'm just really optimistic about the Mariners. I think they're going to I think they're going to come out of the gate strong, and I think they're going to surprise some people. Well, look, I mean, obviously that would be great. Uh, I'm here for all of that, and if they surprise people, that would be awesome. Josh Rojas, look, I like Josh a lot, and I I, I think he's a nice young player. I, I don't know whether it's fair to say who's to say that he's not going to be Matt Chapman. I mean, anything can happen in a baseball season. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his numbers, I mean, he's he's never really put up anything quite like what Matt Chapman has in his career. But, I mean, he's 721 OPS while he was here last year, and, and Rojas is a good player. He's a guy you want on your team. Urias has had some times where he's been healthy that he's been productive as well. I mean, these guys are major leaguers. There's a reason they're here. But it is the hole on the team, and it's the biggest hole they have. It's not the only hole. But it's the biggest hole. And Chapman's not perfect. And I'm with everybody who has said you don't want to get into a long-term relationship with him over the course of three or four years. 
But for a year or two, and if there's an opt-out and that type of stuff, and it's incentive-laden, yeah, I, I, I think that they're... It, it's not perfect, but I think it would be better than what you have right now. That being said, and I, I said this the other day, and I want to be pretty clear about it. If I'm Jerry DePoto, and I know I've got one bullet left in my gun to go to my owner and say, I need this player, I'm not doing that for Matt Chapman. I'm, I'm just glad, not. I'm glad you clarified that. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I don't think he's good enough to put my reputation on the line for him. But if he comes to you and there's a possibility of adding him, yeah, it might help get this roster over the top. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Phil in Tacoma. What's up, Phil? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Mike. How you doing? Great. Hey, I uh, just wanted to talk about uh, the possibility of tagging Leonard Williams. I know it kind of sounds like a crazy idea mm-hmm. um, on the surface, but, uh, you know, based on what we heard from Brady that, you know, all they paid was the prorated uh, vet minimum mm-hmm. for him. And then, uh, you know, the 36 million, basically if you prorate, prorate that over assuming, you know, he's healthy for 17 games next season and uh, for the 10 games uh, that you had him for this season, right? the number doesn't actually come out to, you know, that drastic of a number. I'm not going to pretend to be basis. a cap guy, but I mean, you'd have to eat all of that though on this upcoming year's cap, right? You can't parade it back yeah. onto what he did. So while it might make sense from a value standpoint, I get what you're saying. I, I, I totally understand the logic behind it. And I'm again, I don't know this, but I believe that doesn't make sense from a cap standpoint because he's he's this would be his third time tagged, right? So each time yeah, I, you tag a player, that price goes up and up. Look, I like Leonard Williams, and I would like them to sign him to a long-term deal. I think you get him at a better number that's a lot friendlier to the team if you do that than if you than if you uh, franchise tag him. All right, I've lost feel. Sorry about that. All right, oh, good stuff. Anyway, I love the call. I love the talk, and I, I I think Leonard Williams is a really big question for the team this off season. They gave up a second round pick for the guy, right? And if they'd wanted to pay him more, they could have given up less. They gave mm-hmm. up a second round pick for him. So it's not, yeah. not all that different from the Jamal situation. Kind of like to have, except he's been good. Through. Exactly. Well, like he's exactly what they need. All right. 866-979-3776. Uh, the great doo-wop Dave is in Queen Anne. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Mike? I'm great. I missed you. Where you been? <laughs> I'm doing okay. We had the five satins the other day and ranked. Yeah, I know. I bet, uh, Anyways, getting getting off of the doo-wop, uh, I bet a lot of money on football, and I win a lot of money on football. But what I wanted to say was if Seattle's going to rebuild, the Seahawks are going to rebuild, they're going to have to start this year. And that includes getting rid of Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, and D.J. Metcalf, and, and getting a pick for D.J. Metcalf. And uh, they've got to start this year. It, they can't go on any longer. You think they need a full-scale rebuild, start over from scratch? Every time you don't do it, you extend it two more years. And what Pete Carroll was trying to do was an 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight in season year after year after year after year. Mm. It's not going to work. You've got to rebuild the team, and you've got to do it this year. And those players have got to go. Geno Smith has got to go. Tyler Lockett has got to go. DJ Metcalf has got to go. They got to do it this year. They can't. They can't wait another year. Well, I appreciate the call, Dave. I, I don't. I mean, I think you can make individual cases on all three of those. Like, I don't. I, 
I know you're sort of ranting and raving and you sound a little nuts, but I don't think you're like totally nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Anyway, I, away from the do off stuff. I don't here's... know. <laughs> I don't know whether I want to be on the same like boat with <laughs> with Duop Dave on this one, so that's worrying me a little Not bit about my position. Um, but I don't think in the NFL you rebuild the same way you do in baseball. I just I don't I don't think it works quite the same way. And that's not to say that there isn't room to make some different decisions and to go in some different directions. And you know you may need to you may need to move on from Tyler Lockett or bring him back at a much lower salary. You may need to open up some space. Eventually, I think you're going to need to replace Geno Smith. I don't think it's going to be this year, but who knows? Um, I, I I don't think they're going to full-scale rebuild, but I would like to see them alter the way the roster is constructed mm-hmm. and and put their strengths into some different parts on the, on the field. 866-979-3776. Love it. Great call so far today. Let's keep it going with Eric and Tumwater. What's up, Eric? Good morning. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, happy Friday. You and too. Uh, just wanted to, you guys, finally uh, touching on the Cougs. I just wanted to say Cougs versus the world. And uh, everybody's welcome on board uh, regarding uh, the hype related to that. And uh, the joy I experienced as a Pacific Northwest sports fan flipping between the Kraken last night and that win was just awesome. Yeah, they played really and, well last night. Yeah, yeah. And the, the uh, maybe it's just the spring and I'm, I'm in a, just in a good mood right now with the weather these days, but feeling pretty optimistic about the Mariners right now and the uh, re- retooling. So, um, you know, it, it's all as long if we just get the Sonics back, that's the only thing we need, right? Oh, and it's coming. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say it again and again. The moment that that NBA TV deal is announced, the next thing that should happen is the announcement of expansion and the and the and the Sonics will be here. There will be a team back in Seattle. I was just talking about it with some people yesterday. I mean, this is as close to being a done deal as it can be. They're just waiting for the time. So, yeah, it'll happen. It, it will happen. Like, it's just, you know, those in the know know it's going to happen. They're going to play a climate pledge. It's going to be sweet. That building is a masterpiece. And, uh, yeah, that'll complete the uh, Seattle sports scene again. You can't deny The NBA wants to be here after they saw the building. Everybody wants to. I mean, it's just going to happen. Yeah. All right. It's been a good day, and we're all in a good mood. I'm I'm debating whether, I'm debating if I should take Robert Nisiqua. Should I allow Robert Nisiqua to ruin our good day, or should we take it? Ruin your good day? Let's try it. All right, well, I'm I'm warning you, Justin. If this doesn't go well, it's on you, it's on Robert. Good morning. Are you here to spoil our good day? Actually, no. I wanted to get your opinion, and first, I'll give you mine on the Seattle Mariners. I am actually really impressed with what they have done this off season. I am predicting that this Seattle Mariners has a top three pitching staff in the Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. I was just reading off the Yahoo Sports. And they gave the Mariners an A minus for the offseason picks, getting Mitch Hanager, um, the Glover, our that catcher that we got. I am I am more optimistic about this team than I have been in the past fifteen years. I know that I've been critical about this team for a long well, time. Well, not just the team, specifically about Depoto, right? Exactly. I mean, you, you've what you've torn what... Jerry Depoto apart for the better part of the last couple of years. You've come on here and said about as nasty of things as you could say about a person without insulting them personally. Of course I have. And I, I would do it again. But, but I will be the first one to praise him 
when he does what he did this year. He had minimal spending opportunities, and he built a team that I believe is going to it's going to work. So I want your opinion, sir. What do you think about this Mariners team this year? Because I think I, we're doing it this year. Well, I, think I don't we're know. I, I, I think, I think it, look, this time of year, it's fun to get excited. And I'm excited. And I like the team. I like a lot of what they've done, Robert. I, I On paper, I actually still think I like last year's mm-hmm. team better on paper. But that doesn't mean things go the way they do on paper, right? I mean, Colton Wong had about as bad a year as you could possibly have. He was awful. He and A.J. Pollock, who I never particularly liked, but they destroyed the team at the beginning of the year, and Teoscar Hernandez didn't have the kind of year you were expecting. On paper, Carlos or Teoscar Hernandez is better than Luke Rayleigh. On paper. We'll see what happens, right? On paper... Their their corner outfields with Kelnick, et cetera, was better last year than worrying about whether or not Mitch Hanniger is going to be healthy and whether Dominic Canzone can get anything done. On paper, they were better at third base last year. The one position they've really upgraded is at second, but on paper, they were better in their bullpen last year. On paper, they had another Cy Young Award winner in their rotation a year ago and some more veteran depth. So there was a lot on paper that looked a little better last year. On the other hand, this year, you've improved with Mitch Garver, obviously. Your DH is better. Your rotation looks even more solid and maybe even a little higher end. You've seen Kirby and, and the rest of those guys kind of come into their own. And Julio is another year older and should be right in the middle of his prime right now. So I, I, I don't know that they're significantly better or worse than they were a year ago on paper, but it's a different year. And you got to get a little lucky. You got to have some guys who have a better year than they have in the past. You have to minimize your injuries, et cetera. And we'll see. They're perfectly capable of doing more than last year's team did. Whether or not they achieve that, well, that's why they play the games. Let's rank. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Salk. Top ten list. I'm not buying it. Ranked. All right, Justin. Credit where it's due. He didn't ruin the show at all. He was pretty good today. No. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. All right. Kept didn't didn't kill the didn't harsh the buzz. No, it didn't didn't have didn't ruin your sleep on the plane that you're going to be having here in a <laughs> few hours. A couple hours away. I'm, I already can't wait. I'll be asleep before takeoff today. I'm so jealous. You can uh, pink ranked. Pink pink sunsets on the way. Pink pink ranked. I like it. All right, let's rank pink. Uh, we got some options. We got Aerosmith. This might be the most ridiculous Aerosmith song. Singing this as a kid, riding my bicycle around around my neighborhood. That's so funny. What I'm Pink. singing about? I love it. It's, uh, Pink. Yeah, it is what it is. Is my favorite color. That and jaded. I love that. <laughs> uh, this isn't in the name of the song, but you know, such a big song. Ah, oh, those little pink houses for you and me. John, don't call me Cougar Mellencamp. No, yes. do not call him Starting Cougar. Starting off strong. Doesn't like that at all. Um, more Americana for you. Team Cadillac deserves a top five. I'm surprised. There's always, you always do this. There's like the third thing you play is usually yeah. what it should be in the top five. Yeah, a, I'm just not a big Bruce Springsteen fan. I understand that. I don't really like that song that much. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 
Uh, this will be controversial, but I'm just, I think, I don't know, I didn't have cable then, so I'm not a huge Pinky and the Brain guy. Pinky and the Brain is Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. They're laboratory mice, mm. their genes That's Billy West who did all that, right? <laughs> Isn't that his show? There's a time I wasn't allowed to watch that show. But yeah, that it. sounds right. <laughs> uh, Pinky and the Brain is also a spinoff from Animaniacs. Oh, okay. That's right. So I think Pinky and the Brain is Billy West, who was a... Uh, like a radio voice guy in Boston when I was a kid. It was hysterical. He plays the voice or he was a writer? Maybe both. I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I could be wrong about that. I might be thinking of the wrong show, but okay. I think it's that one. He was great. Uh, I think he used to work with, um, yeah, you know what? Never mm, mind. The, the brain is Maurice something and Pinky is Rob Paulson. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe I have the wrong show. Billy West, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, okay. So I'm not wrong. Yeah, maybe right. I have the right show. Wow. All right. See, so this is going well. You got Jada Pink at Smith. Keep my wife's name. <laughs> Thank, well, that's Will. Yeah, she Will. didn't know. Yeah, but that's, that's her husband, sort of. Yeah, but yeah. he's, you know. I heard he slapped Chris Rock so hard he got pink eye. Ooh, no. Ooh. Swing and miss on that one. I'll, really? I'll, let, I'll let it slide. It's just strike one. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, we have pink, the uh, Victoria's Secret brand. You got uh, the old Pinkerton cars. Yeah, that's what you need to do once people started robbing too many trains. Oh, is it also the name of the uh, mid-90s Weezer album, Pinkerton? Pinkerton, yes. Yeah. Uh, Sopranos love a good pinky ring. You got a mm, good pinky swear mm. or pinky promise. Ooh, they got a good one here that we didn't get. What's that? Nine. Jesse Pinkman. Who? Jesse Pinkman. I don't know who that is. What? Who's Jesse Pinkman? How do you not know Jesse Pinkman? I don't know who it is. Who is it? Breaking Bad. It's uh, Oh, it's, I, know, it's, I didn't um, watch Breaking Bad. It's uh, Why am I forgetting his actual name? I'm sorry. Aaron Paul's character in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I don't. Want, I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. Sometimes I, was, I miss on. I used these to always things. get told I looked like that guy. So I can, you guys stop. are not in sync today. No, I know. What's going on with that, Justin? Let's get in sync. <laughs> Maybe we can agree that this band is the reason Nirvana exists. It's called. They're called In the Pink. And I think this is when hair metal took it to such a pathetic extreme that like Nirvana had to exist. Universe had to balance out. Yeah. Like Trickster and Firehouse and a Nelson. few others, Nelson, were getting you to that point. And I, I'm pretty sure it's in the pink that pushed them over the top. And Nirvana spontaneously existed afterwards. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we can't keep doing this. Uh, you, you're up. <laughs> Bring grunge to the forefront. <laughs> have you ever had the drink, the Pink Whitney? I have not had one, although I know people love them. Yeah, people are really into that. Yeah. A new Amsterdam thing, but I don't know. I haven't had it either. Maybe this is the weekend. I want pink lemonade in the sun. Okay. Of course, you got Blackpink. My kids love uh, K-pop band. Yeah, I don't know Blackpink. Black Big K-pop band. And then uh, from uh, the Barbie movie, the Lizzo. I watched that movie twice now. Yeah. And I honestly, I love it. It's so good. I, I yeah. love it. I love. The, the Ryan Gosling character and the Brewski beers and the Casa Maja Dojo house, whatever. I the think whole it's thing. Terrific. It's so brilliantly written. I love that. All right. You ready for the top five? Number five. Pink. Been in here, of course, before for fights, right? Maybe stars, also, ranks, and probably and maybe rocks, ranks. rocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's done well on right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, every time we bring her up, I'm say Carrie Hart is also my favorite. Okay. Uh, that's number five. Number four is the Pink Panther. 
Has to be in there, right? Everybody loves it's the Pink in there. Panther. No, I know. I got it. I'm just looking for it. Chill. Chill. There he is. Legendary theme. They used to do a lot of Pink Panther commercials when I was a kid for like Owens Corning uh, uh, insulation. Oh, constantly yeah. Doing, you remember all those commercials I, they I did do. with the Pink Panther? Did you also know that uh, the Pink Panther theme is also the use is also used as uh, the uh, cue for safe crackers on old episodes of The Price Is Right? I <laughs> didn't know that, know but I am <laughs> glad that I now do. Oh, Charles, it's such a great thank fun you, Charles. Fact. Yeah, Fantastic. It, 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 yeah, it's on The Price Is Right, the Barker era. You, right. you should you should check it out sometime. That's number four. Number three on our list. No sound, but a Seattle staple, Justin. Thank you. The Pink Elephant car wash with its big old sign yes which has been moved right they salvaged it and moved it somewhere i, believe, I think i know there was more than one i think one of them was in mohai that you can go see okay but I, yeah the, the the actual car wash spot is no longer there i believe there's a, there's another one uh, down near my neighborhood in tacoma oh okay a couple of pink i didn't Sweet. even know that but the pink elephant was legendary i used to go get my car wash there which was awesome and uh it's a bummer that it's no longer there that's number three uh number two you got to do what randall pink floyd wants to do man let me tell you this the older you do get the more rules are gonna try to get you to follow <laughs> you just gotta keep living man L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> That's Randall Pink Floyd from Days of Confused. I read uh, it's almost number one. McConaughey's book about that character and that scene when he was auditioning for the movie. Right. and Because like, he'd never been he in anything lived, before, no. right? Yeah. And how much I just trusted him to just kind of go off script and do his thing. And wow, what an iconic character he created. I just finished uh, True Detective, the new one. I loved it. Oh, it was great. I'm not going to give anybody any spoilers, but it was really, really fun. I enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, Moore and I talked about it a lot, so I... Glad that you liked it. It's not perfect. Justin, you pointed out no. some pretty good holes and stuff. They could have delved into a little bit deeper and stuff, but it probably could have used one more episode to flesh some of that out. Yes. But and overall, I was really good. It's the best one since uh, season one. All I'm, all I'm saying is I want my girls to grow up and marry a guy like Kovic. That's all I'm saying. The guy that runs a bar. <laughs> like, find yourself a Kovic. What did you call him? Jason Momoa? Internet Jason Discount Momoa? Jason Momoa. Discount Jason Momoa. Yeah, because that movie, that show also had, that was Discount Jason Momoa. The kid was sort of Discount Matt Damon. There was also uh, low rent Julianne Moore as the owner of the mine. Yeah. And um, Jodie Foster was sort of a lot like Kate Winslet. We're out of time here. Number one, I would hope is fairly obvious. How are we? I mean, you don't get Randall Pink Floyd without Pink Floyd, so they got to be number one on the list. You ever heard this song? No, that's a new one. You ever put this on a mix for a girl? It's a deep cutoff of a B-Size album. Every time songs like that come on, Heather's always like, oh yeah, this guy made me a mix with that. And I was like, yeah, I bet he did. Still mad about it. <laughs> Before we were together. Oh, the Pink Door care. Restaurant. I'm out of that Ah, uh, yes. All right, we got to go. Um, we'll talk to you guys Monday from spring training. We pinky promise. Heck yeah. We'll talk to you guys then. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stick around for Bump and Stacy. The hay is in the barn. See ya. This is the chopper!